Once upon a time on What's That Noise, we had our dear friend Lawrence Lewis. We had a great conversation about digital indigeneity. And we said, my, wouldn't it be fun if the three of us could work together to have a special series? And here we are! <laughs> Yay! You're listening to One Feather, Two Pens. Lessons and stories from Indigenous peoples building and navigating digital sovereignty. A special series on What's That Noise? Cheers and applause. Thanks for having me back. Hey, it's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. Thanks so much for coming back on to do this. I'm really grateful for your time, man. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be here. Good to see you both. Yeah, likewise. So why don't we start off really quickly with the name, One Feather, Two Pens. It's a really, really interesting name. And I'm going to give my account of it, and then you sure. can tell me what you think, Lawrence. One Feather in the sense that Lawrence works at the company, One Feather. You know, this is by virtue of how we got to know each other was through this amazing work that Lawrence is doing with his company on the West Coast in the digital space. Two pens is you and me, Al. Oh! We're the note takers. We're the ones right, that are right. here to learn, to facilitate, and hopefully create some space because what we want this series to be about, the way I think about it anyways, as a Canadian that grew up in a very small conservative city, is that I'm learning about reconciliation. Mm -hmm. I'm learning about the plight and promise of indigeneity in this country. And I'm trying to find a way to make space. I'm trying to find a way to create space so that I can learn and hopefully bring you and myself and our listeners along for a journey with not just Lawrence, but a number of fantastic guests to learn about functioning and coexisting in this digital space. So that's the way I'm thinking about it. When you say one feather, two pens, what tends to come to mind for you? Well, I, I think n number one, that we have to uh, be very realistic. Like you said, we're two white people from a conservative city sitting there saying, yeah, I want to learn about reconciliation. How do we even have that conversation? Who do you bring into that conversation? You know, uh, how do you get a, a wide enough audience of people to talk to in order to get somewhat of an accurate answer of even where to start the conversation in reconciliation? Uh, and, and so that's kind of what I was thinking about with, uh, with some of this. And, um, uh, Lawrence, I'm, I'm sure you'll be able to jump in uh, knowing kind of who we have kind of penned in or at least penciled in with bold marks uh, uh, for, for kind of the upcoming series that, you know, you can't really just pick an elder and say, we want their perspective, nor can you just get a teen and get their perspective. You kind of need to go all over the map, don't you? Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, First Nations populations across the country are so disparate that I think having the voices of many will help us create a good space uh, for dialogue and to learn a whole lot. And, and for me, you know, I think, Tommy, your, your recollection's dialed in there pretty good. I would just add that, you know, I'm a First Nations person on the West Coast who doesn't have a clue about how to do a podcast. So I needed somebody to teach me. Uh, and, and you're top That's of the, the list, reason. my friend. So, yeah, you're top of the list, my friend. So it's, uh, <laughs> I got to learn. I got to learn. <laughs> well, it sounds like we're all going to be doing a lot of learning together. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Yeah. Truthfully, truthfully. Yeah. And, Lawrence and, and, is just sitting back watching video. Which button is he pushing right now? <laughs> What's going on there? That's right. Yeah. You know, I, I have to say, you know, the last six months or so that the three of us have been working on this together, uh, and a lot of time, a lot of time has gone into conversations and emails and doing these kind of virtual podcasting sessions. I have to say, this is the most fun this is the most rewarding experience I've ever had being in front of a mm. microphone, especially 
on what's that noise. Lawrence and I have done a lot of really cool work together in virtual sessions when you're not here, Al, mm-hmm. and we get to do the texting and the phone calls and bring in person and, and plan and strategize and, and try to lay out a really, what I think is a really, really wonderful uh, guest list. And it's just been such a pleasure. So uh, as much as you're going to learn a bit about podcasting, my friend Lawrence, I'm really <laughs> excited for Al and I and our listeners again to hear about some really important stories. Before we get any further, I'd really like to take a minute to do a Land and People's Acknowledgement. We've shared in the past in the episode with Lawrence that Al and I, as you have said, I think really, really effectively in the past, Lawrence, living and, and playing and, and working in the lands, the unceded traditional territories of the, of the Anishinaabek, Haudenosaunee, Lenapewak, and Chinonkton peoples, we have a really, really nice life here. Mm. And leading up to that first podcast that the three of us did together, I felt completely unengaged from indigenous life around me. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I got to start working on this series with you guys that I really started feeling like, A, not only how how simple my life is and how nice it is, but B, how much there is to learn. So I'm really grateful for this opportunity. So thank you for allowing me to share that. I'll I'll just throw another thing in there. One of the things that I'm I'm excited about, and I hope it comes to fruition, that this is not going to be us interviewing experts, and I'm using air quotes, so you guys I recognize podcast doesn't do well with air quotes, but um, <laughs> I'm using air quotes. This isn't us, you know, saying, all right, tell us how to be better Indigenous uh, supporters or, or anything like that. Uh, the way that we're, we're billing it and the way that we're hoping that this, this, this works out, and I have every reason from our conversations with Lawrence and, and mm-hmm. yourself, that this is aimed at being a discussion. Let, let more, more and where I think that's powerful is this is kind of not us leading a an interview or an interview being an expert. This is all of us trying to learn where we all are in this. Uh, let, let's face it; it's a bit of a swamp right now than it is anything else. And and where we how to navigate through this swamp so that we can find better waters. I agree. A conversation that's going to hopefully extract some really important lessons and stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and you know, I think just bringing in some voices that uh, perhaps haven't been heard before in this context, and creating that space where that dialogue can happen, and we can learn from that through stories and through the sharing of those experiences. And I think, you know, taking a moment to open this in a good way uh, through that land acknowledgement is really important. And and I think it's one of those things that has to be done with sincerity uh, and with kindness and with a whole lot of love. And and I'm coming from you to you on the west coast from the unceded territories of the Salish people, specifically the Songhees, the Squamalt, and the Lekwungen speaking people. And I come here from my own traditional territory, which is the Kwakwakiwak territory with my family. And, 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 you know, we live and breathe and work and play uh, here inside this uh, Salish territory. And we, we couldn't be more fortunate. And, and here the three of us are taking an opportunity to do that. I think it, to acknowledge uh, where we are. Um, and I think just uh, pay homage to, to, that, to that unique relationship we have with the First Nations lands in which we do these things is really important. And I think it just sets the right tone and sets the stage for really, I think, uh, powerful uh, conversation in the podcast in the weeks to come. One of the things that I learned from you, Lawrence, uh, of course, in anticipation, hoping that we might do a series like this together, something that really stuck with me from that first chat was it's important to talk about indigeneity. Of course it is, but we want to avoid trying to universalize it. Hmm. Can we reflect really quickly on what that means? Because I think that's going to be at least a powerful occasion of this show, a theme that's going to come up where we whether as hosts, the three of us as co-hosts in the series or with our guests, explicitly or implicitly tease apart this idea that if you're Indigenous, it means everyone's identity is the same. That's hmm. particularly not the case 
in the digital realm. No, and it, it couldn't be farther from the truth, really, right? I mean, we want to avoid these kind of, you know, colonial narrative where the, you know, what the Indian looks like in the, in the textbook from the West Coast applies to Indians all across the country or First Nations people all across mm -hmm. the country. And even that word, Indian itself, has a whole bunch of connotation to it. I, I use it freely because my, that's what my grandfather used and he, there was no <laughs> yeah. issues with that. So I grew up using that word. So I don't have any of the baggage attached to it uh, and, the, and the trauma attached to it that other folks may have. So right out of the gate, I just you know, acknowledge that that word may be harmful and hurtful to folks. This is the nuance of the world we live in. And this is the nuance of indigenous people across the country. And, and while we uh, will have shared values, right, in terms of you know, that oral tradition, that kindness, um, uh, respect of land and resources and of people and, and leaving that table better set than we found it. And, and a whole bunch of other things that seem like they're, they align across the country and, and that'll be the case. Uh, but our lived experiences will be so different from, from sea to sea to sea and even within inside of that. So some of us have traditional backgrounds and experience. Others have grown up in an urban setting and uh, urban setting and don't have that connection with their community or that that whole lived experience will be so different than the next person's. And that's really what the, I hope this is, this, you know, our series is going to be about is creating that space for that, for reflection on all of those lived experiences to help us better understand uh, how we go forward into, in this digital age and and as Indigenous and First Nations people demonstrate that we're prepared to own this in its glorious complexity and its nuance uh, and all those things. But it's important is that Indigenous folks actually have the dialogue to set the stage for that. And it's not being set by somebody who hasn't had that lived experience as a First Nation in this country, right? All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a question in, and I'll, I'll throw it to both of you and I'll sit back and have a coffee here because this is going to be a complex <laughs> situation. You mentioned the complexity of all of this, right? And, and yeah. I think that's important that we acknowledge the complexity. But with that, com that complexity becomes a problem, then how would we define success in this? Because we certainly don't want to use success to say, all right, now we've got a universal indig indigeneity. We don't want to say that's success. We certainly don't want to say... Well, we'll continue the th way things are where, you know, kind of Canadians are confused and Indigenous people are confused. We don't want to have that. And so what does success look like then? What are we what are we hoping to do here? Uh, you know, it's a, it's a great question. And success for me in this context is not a hard coded, you know, uh, a, you know, A is going to happen, B is going to happen. And all of a sudden we're going to see some new federal policy come out of the, uh, you know, out of Ottawa. <laughs> it's right? not it's our not... podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we, not... we did it. Is that how Ottawa works? You know, <laughs> we don't, we don't have enough time and enough hours to make that happen. Uh, but what success looks like for me is someone listening to this, uh, it, to this series and to the folks we talk to says, wow, you know, that is an amazing story. I've learned something and I've had the moment to pause and perhaps think uh, and reflect and understand something uh, a little bit differently than I did before, right? Let's just create the space that's safe for the conversation to happen first and foremost. Uh, that, you know, that's key success. Let's create a safe space for this conversation. And let's just be honest and frank about where we're at and where we think we, need, we should be going um, and to use the... The balance, if you like, on balance, all of those conversations to set the stage for what the future might look like. Uh, so for me, that's success, right? I, I love what you're saying because I think there's almost a fear to have this conversation right now. And I'll give you, I'll give you an example is I used to work for, for a school and we used to call the groups that we created tribes. 
and we said, you know, this is a, a you know, all right, your tribe is this and your tribe is that. And, and somebody got mad and saying, well, you're taking that a word, that word away from indigenous people. And I thought, well, wait, what? No, that word existed well before, like, you know, ancient Jews used to <laughs> use the word tribe. Like, what are we talking about here? And I think, and then I, I found out afterwards that the person uh, who was trying to lead that was an advocate for indigenous people but was not indigenous themselves. And they were doing what they felt was right. And then I thought, well, this is kind of backwards because now you're kind of feeling like we're being racist without actually knowing that, like, how does all, all of this work, right? So I think even being able to, like you were saying, being open, honest, and and, and at least figuring out, okay, so what are, the, what are the tools that I have to start a discussion might be the major win in all of this, right? Just saying, okay, there are discussions taking place. I can now join in, be civil, be friendly, learn, and have that discussion. That might be the biggest win out of everything, right? I think you've nailed it there. I, I, you know, I think the cancerous part, if you like, about social media and, and a lot of the media today it's very polarizing. There's no space for difference of opinion. There's no space for who looks different, total intolerance, right? And I think mm -hmm. this is about making space for that conversation. And, and certainly from my, you know, traditional upbringing in terms of training, everyone has a voice. No one silences a voice, regardless of how wacky it might be. Mm -hmm. That's your opinion, right? Right. That voice is important. We're sitting around making a decision and you've got a group of people having a conversation uh, how do you come to a balanced kind of point to move forward without understanding what the edges look like, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you find something there that's going to work? And we've all got to have the freedom to do that. And at the end of the day, regardless of how off the wall your comments are, uh, or maybe, or perceived to be, everyone walks out of that room with a hug and a high five or whatever the case may be and says, yeah, that was, that was powerful stuff. And, and I'm excited about where we go from here. I have a strong opinion on what I think success won't look like. Okay. I don't think it's going to be about money. We don't monetize this podcast. And right. I don't think we're going to be successful by interviewing people uh, to find ways to make more money. Mm -hmm. And the reason oh, why I'm so. saying this yeah. is not to turn people off, but... The, if, if we're paying attention, I think, and this is, again, this is Pardon just me. Pardon the on this, not being money, but we're paying attention. <laughs> Every episode usually needs to have some sort of alpine, and I'm glad you got one. And even if it was right there. <laughs> when, when we hear Lawrence, for example, just now, and even in the first episode, talk about leading with love mm -hmm. and kindness and respect and trying mm -hmm. to do it courageously together priorities that a lot of businesses that are going to be listening to the show are going to put at the forefront. Mm -hmm. Right. Most of the people who thrive in the digital space that are part of that colonial empire who benefit from digital expansion and, and the growth, exponential growth of tech in the digital space tend to do things for money first. Mm. This is where like my scholastic training and the fire turns on for me and it's like, ha, capitalists, we got you by the <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> If people are paying attention, they're really tuning into this. This this is not a recipe for trying to make more money by trying to create opportunities to reconcile. This is going to be about learning how to together through the lovingness and the kindness and the respect and the courageousness that it's not going to put profit first. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and I, I think that will make folks uneasy. Yeah, it may even make some of our investors uneasy. <laughs> 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 it's a powerful statement, right? Because 
you know, we're a for-profit company. We go out there and we do work, but we don't lead by profit. We lead by creating change, right? And by and, right. and facilitating a uh, 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 reimagining uh, how we can do things. Uh, we, you know, One Feather has investors. I, I answer to folks who have given me their money, and you know, we at the end of the day, we're running a company that has certain bottom line elements to it. But I've been very clear with anyone who wants to be invested in One Feather and be a part of the circle, if you like, of who we are, in, including you know Tommy and UL. That we don't lead with how do we monetize this to kind of you know create uh, a wealth that is extractive. So to frame it a little bit differently is that we don't want to be doing things that are extractive. We want to be doing, and so sometimes that wealth, chasing that wealth is extractive. Like you're taking from somebody so that you can benefit. How can we reimagine this in a way that wealth is equitably and properly dispersed uh, through the relationships that we have, right? We do not need to stand on somebody to do better. We do not need to take from someone to be richer. Wealth uh, can be reimagined in all kinds of ways where we all live very wonderful, peaceful, amazing lives without having to torment or uh, reduce our neighbor to, uh, you know, sniveling waste, right? Let me, uh, let me go ahead and ask just because I know you guys have uh, a better knowing of who's coming on. I, I know the names and, and a little bit about uh, who we've got planned coming up. I know you guys are much deeper. The thing that I love about the guest list is we go elder and we go new age all all at the same time it's really kind of interesting the, the way that you guys have uh kind of found these people so i'll let you guys kind of talk about uh, or maybe what, what, what used to call in the industry i'll let you guys tease the guests <laughs> go ahead tease the guests and the, the teasing the guest part uh has been really exciting for us because uh you know we've had the better part of the last six plus months to think about if we can bring in indigenous tech leaders, indigenous thought leaders, elders, young people, kids, parents, people who have a diverse range of experiences that can speak to either digital indigeneity or can share some stories or lessons about functioning and coexisting in the digital space. We really want to get to know from them. What do we need to know? Mm -hmm. What does Lawrence need to know? Mm -hmm. What do I need to know? What does Al need to know? What do our general listeners need to know? I was actually pleasantly surprised to learn earlier this year that we have listeners on the show from all over the planet. Mm. It's not that's just right. in Canada. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. That's it's just right. a, a tremendous yeah. number of listeners in, yeah. in Europe and in Russia and in South America. And we're very grateful to you guys. And uh, I think Australia. all of we you. Are, well, uh, uh, got an email from Australia too, even. Yeah, 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 yeah. And a whole bunch from Michigan recently. Mm. <laughs> it's so for another time. But anyways, <laughs> I digress. I digress. Don't bring that one up. Don't bring that one up. There, no matter who you are, there's going to be something yeah. for you. And uh, the lessons and the logics are going to speak to you a bit differently. And so uh, I'll, I'll turn over to Lawrence in a second here, but we, we do have a really great list of people lined up. The first of which is going to be Chief Bobby Joseph, followed by Josh Nilsson, Matt and Mary, the directors from the Netflix documentary For Love. There's a long list of really exciting people here. Yeah, I think it's going to be a beautiful, beautiful conversation. And I think we're going to just see... I don't know. I'm, I'm searching for the right word here, but you know, I, I you know, our conversation with Pete, Chief Bobby Joseph, Chief Doctor Bobby Joseph from. Uh, uh, I was just yeah, going to say, how do you throw all those together? <laughs> it's a mouthful, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, amazing, yeah. amazing elder who's going to take us down. I'm sure a path of of reflection on reconciliation because that's you know that's that's where he's spent the last part of his life, kind of leading change, right, and giving us 
a whole bunch of uh, um, insight uh, through his book and look really look forward to having a conversation with him on his take on this new digital era and how we myself in particular how we uh, should be leading the charge there as indigenous as new digital indigenous warriors how are we setting the table for others to follow in terms of the work we do and making sure we're doing that in a good way and for me in particular that's really the insight i'm looking for is how do we do this in a good way so that those that follow behind us can uh, can can take it even to the next level and i and josh who's just a you know tremendously successful uh developer and game builder uh, I can't wait to hear it from him. I mean, his take on this may be different. I, it may be the same. I don't know. But, you know, he's going to come at it from an entirely different way, right? Like Josh's age. No, I was just going to say, like Josh's age alone. Yeah. I think he's near 50 now yeah. or close to yeah, it. Yeah, he looks he looks good for 50. And, and, I, and yeah. I know this selfishly because he was one of the producers for Company of Heroes, <laughs> one of my favorite all-time games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it would just be really interesting hearing kind of not that 50 is, you know, super young, but a youngish guy uh, going through all of this. And then you have somebody that's literally watched the 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 need for reconciliation come in with uh, Chief Bobby Joseph. I think I think that's going to be like that right there. That's what are we charging per, per admission? Because it's worth the price of admission right on that alone. <laughs> we could have Lawrence on again yeah, as yeah, a guest yeah, and we'd right. still continue to learn things. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's going to be it's going to be a really, really great yeah. series. I'm super, super excited about this. And uh, uh, the plan is for the foreseeable future, tune in on the 15th of every month and we're going to have a new episode for everybody to check out. The first of which is happening today on December 15th. So make sure you stick around through the new year. Right. We'll have lots of more beautiful content for you. And my, my selfish goal, guys, is to keep this going for as long as we can. Absolutely. I'm in. That's me. I'm in. Awesome. Love you guys. Appreciate it. Love and respect. Thank Namaste. you so much, brother. Marishka Hergate, Marishka Hergate. Oh, man. <laughs> cut that part out. You can cut that out. <laughs>